This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Surewinder.com. Hey guys, before we get into the show, I need to let you know, not only do I own a garage door company, I also own and run a marketing agency. If you need help with your marketing, make sure you contact us at 404-445-3494 or check us out at garagedoormarketing.co. That's garagedoormarketing.co. Benny, my man, you've yep. been an amazing resource for me. So first of all, I want to thank you personally for uh, making yourself available to me and helping me out with uh, the PPP and the idol and uh, some good business advice. So I wanted to ask you a couple questions, which I had up on the other browser that I had to use. Sure. Uh, because of some of the issues. So let me pull those questions up real quick. Well, you know, I'd like to respond by saying that it's a um, pleasure to be here and I'm honored, um, you know, as, uh, as UGA Small Business Development Center, it is our role to help uh, the small business community. So I'm, I'm happy to be here and be, to be able to provide some, you know, some uh, useful information. Thank you. Um, Speaking of UGA, does anybody have a guess on um, if we're going to play college football or not? Oh, sorry, I should be following sports, but I don't. So, uh, but my guess, my guess is that because it's a contact sport, it probably will be uh, rescheduled. In fact, I, I just read that the Olympics. Um, for for which has been rescheduled for later this year will be a 20 2021 or 2022 event so um there's just a great uh, you know a, a lot of attention uh, placed on 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 this uh, pandemic it's not good at all benny um i think you're going to experience a large amount of depression if georgia fans cannot watch their team so uh, that would be very disappointing. We'll have to figure that yeah. out for sure. I can see that, yeah. Um, all right, so I'm trying to get some business owners on here for us. It's working, but it's just taking me longer than I would like for it to. But um, let me see here, I'm almost there. Last one. All right, we're good. So- right. I want to um, start off by asking you a few questions. Sure. And I've kind of labeled you as uh, someone who's an expert with SBA just because you work with them um, or have contacts there. And, and so uh, we've Trump in the, the Senate, Congress, everybody agreed on the uh, round two, uh -huh. not without some drama, of course, uh, but what do you think that they've learned from round one that they're changing in round two? 
Okay, well, uh, of course, the first thing that SBA has learned and all of us have learned uh, as business owners or those who are part of the uh, business uh, ecosystem is that, uh, is that there, there was a massive influx of applicants. Um, and what has um, evolved out of that is that the SBA has asked the uh, banks, the banking system, that uh, intakes and processes the um, you know the PPP loans, you know to upload uh, applications in batches of uh, 15,000 15, each time or per per event maximum, so as so as not to uh, overload the system. Um, I you know I kind of equate that to uh, having an SUV good for uh, six people and suddenly there's 25 wanting to ride on it. So that's basically what has happened. Um, but uh, you know, some measures have been uh, 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 you know, uh, conceptualized and, and implemented. So one of them is the uh, upload uh, limit. Um, and then there was a, um, I'm sure you're going to ask this, you know, the major, uh, you know, bigger companies like uh, Roots, Chris, yeah. um, availing of, um, you know, uh, large amounts of, of these funds uh, having to give back the funds now. Uh, well, the banks have been advised, again, those uh, front-end uh, lending institutions processing the applications uh, to have applicants certify as to their actual need of the funds. So uh, the banking system is, um, is more strict in, in filtering the applications into those who are urgently in need or critically in need of, of the funds and those who are less um, you know, uh, in need of the funds. So there's that uh, measure taken, that will be taken um, going forward. So I'm reading more and more, and I think it was yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, in the briefing that they were like, this was the first time that I had heard them talk about um, like all businesses that were larger companies publicly traded or whatever, um, there would be a punishment if they didn't return the funds. And uh, you're talking like publicly traded companies were in on this. And I think I'm having a hard time understanding where the screw up is. Was it with the local banks? Is it with SBA? Because SBA should be the kind of catch all, right? You can't really trust the banks in this scenario because you had very lim limited guidelines. I think when it, when it, I mean, under 500 employees is kind of broad uh, because some people interpreted that, well, each one of our franchises or locations have under 500 employees. So we should be able to apply for each location. Uh, and then uh, the process and, and help me understand if I've got it wrong, but for the PPP specifically, the banks, pull everything together according to the guidelines, all the documents, put it through underwriting, mm -hmm. and then they send a package to SBA, which then apparently SBA bundles that up and gives them closing documents, and then you close on the, S, uh, the PPP. Do I understand that process correctly? Well, the regular process, which I believe uh, and you know, I have to I have to reconfirm this, but uh, the regular process is that the uh, lending institutions, uh, who are uh, labeled as you know SBA lending partners, 
uh, actually um, uh, undertake the entire process by themselves. So they have, in fact, uh, in-house uh, SBA specialists um, who act as, um, you know, as, as the, um, well, I guess, first stage underwriters. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, forward this to SBA for, you know, for the 100% guarantee because these loans, the PPP loans, are 100% guaranteed by the SBA. So there, there is not a complete, um, I guess, um, uh, adjudication of the cases by SBA, but rather the banking system also uh, plays a big role in that in the front end. So, um, and that's why the, the, there, there have been some uh, steps taken for the banking system to, to streamline and uh, I, you know, fine tune their their uh, uh, you know their, their application intake system or the loan origination system. Okay, so I'm just trying to understand like the breakdown. I don't really know. I mean, not that it's super important, but it's very frustrating that uh, I know last time you and I spoke, I hadn't kind of formed an opinion about what businesses. You know, if you're if you're a capitalist uh, and you're a go getter you're going to try to get approved for the money. Right. Um, right. And if you're a small company who's needing the funds uh, because things are slowed, I, I could see how those people would be upset with the larger companies. I think anytime you leave any gray area out of guidelines, which apparently there was quite a bit, the uh, people are going to find ways to take advantage of it. Uh, it's not necessarily, I think that you're breaking the rules. It's more of a situation where, it's an unwritten rule. So why not? Right. So I think a lot of people are just going to jump on that bandwagon, mm. which makes it more difficult. So now if you have these larger companies that were taking, I mean, what was the max you could get on the PPP? Cause I think I saw some companies got up to $20 million. The, um, uh, let's see now the, uh, the PPP, I believe was a $20 million cap. Yeah, so and, you had, I saw probably like four or five companies mm-hmm. with a $20 million and you had some with $10 million. Um, if all of those guys start giving that money back, that'll be a pretty big impact on the amount of small businesses that would actually be able to participate this time. You know, originally I had said just based off a conversation I had with uh, Wells Fargo and a few others, that because there were so many applications that had been put through the process, but not funded yet because it was cut off, that they thought that the funds would be earmarked or completed within one to two business days. Uh, But uh, I'll tell you, like I'm gonna go through a little bit of backstory for me personally with the PPP. You know, we got left out of the first round because we were with Wells Fargo. They were late. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Just need to correct myself. Uh, it is ten million dollar cap for the triple okay. P program. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That, that I think I saw a couple with twenty million, but um, I don't know if the the data was correct. So uh, we got left out because Wells Fargo was a little late to the game. Uh, we filled okay. out the application with Wells as soon as it went live, and um, still didn't get any information. I heard that they were funding PPP. Uh, I probably filled out my application within an hour-ish, maybe two, 
of mm -hmm. them going live with it. Uh, we applied at a few other places just to see if we could get in line. And this was prior to Wells Fargo opening it up because we felt like we needed to proactively be aggressive about trying to get involved in the program because we didn't know what this was going to look like for us over the next few months. Well, fast forward, they ran out of money. Um, and then this weekend, I get a phone call on Saturday from uh, Wells Fargo and uh, they send me an agreement and the agreement is like $30,000 short uh, or they send me like a, an amount and ask me if I would be willing to accept that amount. And I told him, I said, well, the amount isn't correct based on the calculations uh, via the guidelines of, of PPP for the SBA. Mm. So he goes on to tell me that if, if we try to change it, then I could be left out. Um, and that the best thing for me to do is just accept the funds that, uh, that they're offering. And so that was a little bit disappointing in the fact that, um, you know, they didn't calculate health insurance and they took out my pay, uh, personally as a owner of an LLC, yep. which mm -hmm. due to the guidelines, those two both are supposed to be included. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's frustrating, uh, from a business perspective because, when I told him that I would like to try to change it, uh, his response was, if you try to change it right now, you're probably not going to get anything. So <laughs> here you are stuck, right? And you're like, okay, well, that's a big mistake. That's a $30,000 mistake to my, to my, uh, to my employees compensation. Um, so it, it's a bit frustrating to deal with. I think, um, we've been in contact with Synovus they've been phenomenal. Uh, as a matter of fact, they let us uh, in. They did force us to open up some bank accounts, which was a little bit frustrating because that delayed about four or five days uh, mm -hmm. of getting uh, eligible to complete the PPP program. But other than that, they've been great. They communicate with us on a regular basis. Uh, we know that we're in underwriting with them. They let us know yesterday, Monday, uh, that they've been unable to submit any applications to uh, SBA because uh, the massive amounts of people all trying to do it at one time crashed their system again yesterday. And mm -hmm. so uh, I don't know if they were able to get mine in or not, or if anybody else was able to, but that's the, uh, that's the situation that, that we're in at the moment. And uh, we did get approved for the idle uh, loan. Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked about that. And so uh, we're waiting to find out what happens with the PPP before we accept the idle loan. And there's some terms and conditions on the idle loan that I just explained last week that I wasn't super happy with. We went through the contract and, uh, and talked about some of those things. Right. Uh, let's see here. So we've got, do we have any changes to the idle loan on the new rollout that you're aware of? Somer is a European-based garage door opener manufacturer who has recently opened Somer USA out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Serving more than 90 countries worldwide, with our 40 years of experience, Somer produces one of the highest quality openers on the market. Combining German engineering and manufacturing, Somer uses direct drive technology to make their openers and opener accessories durable, long-lasting, quiet, and with the maximum lifting force. Further, 
Somer has earned both IDA and DASMA certifications by maintaining the quality and innovation standards set in place by national and international garage door associations. Maintaining these standards has allowed Somer to create the most versatile operator on the market, featuring unique optimization and diagnostic tools to make their operator perfect for every job and every customer. For more information on Somer operators, visit somer USA.com. That's S O M M E R USA.com or contact their Charlotte office at 877 766 6607. So we've got, do we have any changes to the idle loan on the new rollout that you're aware of? Um, no, uh, well, except for the fact that, uh, again, the, um, the portal for idle will remain closed until further notice um, because the, uh, the, the program, the idle program is still processing the uh, applications that are in queue. Um, so uh, after that is satisfied, after the pipeline is satisfied, then uh, whatever is um, left over from the recent $320 billion um, uh, stimulus approval would then be uh, funneled into that program. But uh, I guess you can imagine the, um, you know, just the, I guess the complexity and the volume of applications that have come in, they've had to uh, take this step of saying, okay, we will not accept new applications, which is the case uh, for idle until such time that we satisfy uh, the, the uh, pending applications. So in, in terms of going, going forward, um, there, there have been no uh, announcements on changes for, for the cash advance portion of idle or, uh, or the computation of the actual idle loan amount. So we'll, we'll have to ask everyone to stand by for, you know, for uh, further guidelines on, on idle. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the PPP, the only thing that's really changed that I'm aware of with the idle loan before we get to the PPP was that you had mentioned that it went from a 10-year 10 uh, 10-year term to a two-year term toward the end before PPP closed out and they ran out of money. Uh, I think what you were saying originally, and maybe it was a misunderstanding, I'm not sure, but originally when you got approved for the idle and you got the PPP, and you accept the PPP and then you, en- you roll the idle into the PPP, it was originally, a, it went from a 30-year, 3.75% interest to a 10-year, uh, what, 1% interest, I believe, right? Uh, correct. Well, for two years. Mm-hmm. And they changed it to two years uh, shortly after, right? Right, yes. Okay. So if you got the PPP and you do get approved for the idle loan, you can mm-hmm. roll that into the PPP. You got to use the same bank that you used uh, to, to secure the PPP. Once you get the PPP, you can contact them with your closing documents for the idle loan and then um, work that out with them. Now, Benny, I've proactively discussed with Wells Fargo, Synovus, and a few others about rolling the idle loan into the PPP if we do get approved for the PPP and get funding. Right guess how many of the three or four organizations had a clue about what I was talking about? Oh, really? Mm. None, mm-hmm. not one of them. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I got a feeling that 
it's going to be a bit of a process trying to get the idle loan after you get the PPP. Uh, hmm. And they're going to try to figure that out. Um, but the idle loan contract is a little bit sketchy for me personally, but uh, there's other people I've talked to who haven't had nearly as sketchy of a contract as I do, which is interesting because both uh, me personally and my business, I have excellent credit. Um, we've got pretty decent numbers. So I'm, I'm a little bit shocked uh, that my contract seems to be oddly more complicated uh, and invested for me than everyone else that I'm speaking with. Uh, but let's move on to the PPP because I think that's where everybody kind of wants to, to get the most information. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to ask them here. Uh, got some people on here, but we're not getting any questions yet. So. Um, okay. Well, I, I didn't want uh, to comment on, on uh, refinancing or combining idle into PPP. Uh, just you know, just for everyone's um, I guess consideration. So uh, idle, if if uh, one of you gets an idle loan, and that's uh, that's a thirty year, uh, three point seventy five percent interest loan. Now, if um, if you uh, refinance that into a, a PPP uh, loan with the PPP loan as the uh, surviving contract, then you're down to a two year repayment term. You know, on the idle on the idle portion of it, so um, so it, it'll it'll require some you know financial analysis on which is better for the cash flow of the business. Uh, if the business is uh, robust enough, and I suppose is you know facing a um, a pretty favorable you know future in terms of uh, during the. Uh, the downturn and the recovery, then cash flow might say, well, okay, let's refinance the idle into the PPP and repay it or pay it off in two years. Now, so I guess my message there is uh, before you decide on uh, consolidation of those loans, um, uh, you know, think of the cash flow of the business, think of the future of the business in terms of its, uh, you know, viability and, and uh, you know, profitability. And the interest rate goes from 3.75 to 1%. So that is helpful. That, that is, yes. If it's a PPP, if it's uh, uh, into, into a PPP, it becomes a 1% uh, you know, uh, interest loan. So, but then for, for the cash flow sensitive type of businesses, uh, that could be a 30-year you know, uh, repayment crunched into a two-year repayment could be a heavy drain on, you know, on the cash flow of the business. Right. So, uh, you know, I guess the caveat there is think about it, uh, analyze it. And again, um, uh, you know, you can seek the um, no cost service consulting service of an SBDC uh, office in your in your locale, in your locality. Uh, there are about a thousand uh, SBDC offices nationwide. Um, so, uh, you know, seek our help, uh, you know, your SBDC consultant to, to help you analyze that. Yeah, super helpful and intelligent people. Uh, so let's see here. What else we got? I think what you're talking about with the uh, check your capital and make sure that you're good, that's more of an aspect of, I, I think what he's talking about is when you're, when you're looking at these loans, some of these loans are pretty high amounts. Trying to pay it back in two years could, could hurt you, uh, but the, uh, because the payment would be so high. 
and you don't want to strap yourself uh, financially just trying to pay off this loan. I think in, in another way to look at it, and correct me if I'm wrong, Benny, sure. but the, uh, the funds can be used to pay your expenses. So for instance, for my door business, I could use the funds to pay the bills for the doors that we buy, right? Well, if, if that is, um, you know, that purchase, that's inventory that you're referring to, so if that is an accounts payable, Mm -hmm. um, in accounting terms, if, if that's an accounts payable item, then then um, you can roll that or include that as um, you know as a qualified expense under the loan. So uh, an idle loan uh, permits uh, even payroll expenses as well as utilities, um, power, water, um, etc., gas. And um, you know, lease and rents are also included there, so you can add those. And also accounts payable. Again, uh, that's uh, an accounting term that that refers to any expenses that that you owe uh, payments for um, in the next two three months. So net thirty, net sixty, net net ninety day type of uh, of um, uh, expenses uh, will be. Um, uh, could be considered under those loans, um, you know, as again, as eligible expenses under those loans. Right. So what are some good ideas that you would suggest to use the money for uh, right now, knowing that the if you were to uh, use the, just the standard idle loan, 30 year payback, uh, what are some things that businesses can use the idle loan for that would be beneficial, but wouldn't put them in a bad position long-term. Right. Well, there's, um, uh, it, it needs to be a measured, um, a well-considered, uh, you know, cash management strategy. Um, so as, as it's been you know, said by investors, and I believe, uh, I believe this 100%, that the cheapest way to um, finance any business is through sales. So uh, some businesses in the past have uh, cut their marketing and sales, um, uh, you know, budgets because they're thinking that that would save a lot of money for the business. But again, it's a moderate measured approach. Uh, you need uh, one needs to consider, you know, the um, the you know uh, maintaining the existing base of customers because that's um, that's that's critical to survival of the business. And, um, and and consider again uh, some uh, innovations in marketing and sales that will um, that you know one, one has considered during the boom times and now that it's it's um, you know we're we're facing more challenging times then consider again social media platforms digital platforms that will help sales um, so that's that's one way to do it another way to um, uh, conserve cash or spend it smartly is, uh, and I mentioned this in the previous uh, session, uh, consider technology applications that will make the uh, um, uh, the business more efficient and more productive. Uh, that's another. Um, then negotiate with suppliers for longer payment terms or a payment uh, discounts, prompt payment discounts, or altogether, um, you know, uh, price uh, reductions on purchases. Um, so that's 
that's another approach to conserving cash. Another um, another method is to um, um, renegotiate interest uh, rates on existing loans. Um, that will uh, because that's going to drive cash flow. You know, um, um, lenders at this time will consider um, you know reductions in interest rates. That's going to reduce again uh, your periodic payments. So these are. Uh, there's not one silver bullet that's going to help uh, businesses conserve uh, cash, but if you put all of them together, you know, the renegotiations with suppliers for longer terms or prompt payment discounts or, or, uh, or altogether price uh, reductions on purchases. Number two would be, um, yes, collecting also old, old debt um, if you can. Um, maybe offer, uh, you know, a discount or a, a reduced um, in the payment on all all the accounts, so that will help your business. Um, uh, you know, again, uh, generate cash flow. It could be a um, a benefit to you know to uh, to the other you know to suppliers and and uh, lenders and vendors uh, to uh, you know to provide this, the lower prices. So there's again a number of um, um, a good number of approaches and strategies to conserve cash flow. Now the cash coming in from, you know, from these loans, from an idle loan or a triple P loan, of course they have uh, you know, specific applications, right? If it's PPP, it's payroll plus non, certain percentage um, of non-payroll expenses that you could load or justify under, uh, under a PPP forgiveness, um, you know, uh, action on the part of SBA. For the idle loan, um, uh, what you could also load uh, payroll expenses in there, but um, load uh, you can also load utilities and uh, um, you know rent and uh, mortgage payments under under idle EIDL. So yes, so um, again, this might be a little too um, you know um, unwieldy for many business owners, but again, uh, I encourage. I encourage everyone to um, just just uh, uh, search for the SBDC office near you and uh, get get some help. This is no cost uh, for you business owners. Um, get help in analyzing cash flow um, because this is going to be uh, you know very critical for you know, the survival of the business. I agree. And not knowing how long this is going to go on, I think we have to kind of prepare every day for worst case scenario. I've shared with our listeners how I, I am, uh, I'm preparing, trying to prepare daily for worst and best case scenario, which can be sometimes difficult because you're, you're talking about uh, interviewing for positions that we would have hired had this not happened. But at the same time, you're having discussions about cutting back employees, their hours or whatever. So I'm grateful that blessed that we personally, Aaron over the doors, uh, well, all three of my businesses, we have not had to lay anyone off or cut anybody's hours other than just cut back on overtime. So we've been blessed. Uh, I'm talking to a lot of people across the country where the states uh, allowed us, most of our listeners were essential businesses in their state, so they continued to run. But in some scenarios, they, uh, only a portion of our services were essential. So they lost uh, like new door installs uh, per se. 
So they were only allowed to help people in the event they were stuck in their garage or, or something to that effect. So um, with the, uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in the ability to use debt for growth um, and uh, get to the next level. I know that's probably not a popular uh, opinion, but if debt is cheap enough and you can get a bigger return on the cash that you inject into your business, I think it's a plus. Um, in this scenario, for me personally, I'm looking at it where if it's a two year, 1% interest uh, and I can put it to work for me, what I mean by that is, is I can either make a profit that's greater than the interest that I'm paying on it and it's not adding to my bottom line as much as it is um, uh, creating opportunity or B, or I can do both of these or I can do them individually. I can either cut costs or I can increase my, my profitability. And so if I'm gonna take a loan, I'm going to take those funds and I'm gonna build out a spreadsheet of massive proportions that's going to have projections and everything that's going to analyze what can I cut from my expenses and what can I do to add to my profit? So um, that is what I'm focused on when I'm taking a loan. Um, the time where you take a loan and it sucks really bad is when you've fallen behind and you got to use a loan to catch up. Because in a lot of cases, that just compiles on the situation and makes it worse. And so um, I always suggest prior to getting to a point where you need a loan, uh, look for alternative options, but find ways to use the cash that's going to cut expenses or increase profitability. Um, and like he said, sometimes uh, Benny mentioned efficiency. Uh, efficiencies can help you run smoother, resulting in a, uh, a better bottom line as well. So Benny, you got any comments about my opinions there? One of the hottest topics with garage door companies in 2020 is what's the best dispatch software. I run my business with service Titan. I wouldn't have it any other way. Service Titan is the premium software that allows you to run every aspect of your business quickly and smoothly. It's not just a dispatch software. I use them for credit card processing, marketing automation, business intelligence, follow-up, and even maintenance agreements. My staff likes it because they can build quotes quickly and easily. And the price is already there. I like it because I get a ton of five-star reviews from customers who love the automated communication. We've seen a huge increase in our revenue per job by offering set pricing and multiple quotes. If you're interested in scheduling a demo with Service Titan, go to servicetitan.com forward slash torsion talk or call 888-809-7457. You got any comments about my opinions there? Well, de definitely. Um, I agree with you, Ryan. Uh, I would like to add, uh, however, uh, to, um, you know, for business owners to think uh, strategically. Um, I might have mentioned uh, at, you know, in a previous session that uh, for people like Bill Gates, when, when, and this has been a practice, not only Bill Gates, but other successful business owners as well, is that they would take time out each year uh, to think about the business uh, to think about strategies, to think about new products and services, innovations that will uh, sustain the business in, in, in the months and years to come. 
And I, I say that because this is, um, you know, this, this time of our of the crisis that we're going through is is probably probably an opportune time to think about the future of the business. You're, uh, you know, we're thinking of, um, and and you know, my input there is that uh, if your business is tied to an essential industry like healthcare, like power and utilities, transportation, food, um, housing, etc., then you are in a very good place. Um, so, um, my, my my advice to our clients at the SBDC is, you know, um, you know, hunker down, be calm, and, and and think that you will survive this because you are somehow tied. If you are not itself a, yourself a an essential business, you will survive this uh, crisis and think of how you can um, how can, how you can really survive it. And there are elements to, to that question. So again, I, I mentioned this: retain as much as possible your existing client base. Do uh, take an extra step to um, to provide a service or a product that you've not that's outside the box because they are also hurting like anyone else. I'll give them some helpful advice and not only to sell them products and services. So retain that existing client base and think of those customers, potential customers that you could uh, capture uh, during this time of, of crisis. What are some strategies you can uh, you know, put forward you know, to be a more meaningful a value added uh, supplier of products and services to the marketplace, because you you know you're all committed to your business, and this is just um, uh, this is a temporary time in our lives as business owners that will pass. And when that time comes for recovery, then uh, you know uh, you know if you do this, the the right things, you know you will uh, you know the future is going to be good. Yeah, I was talking to a business owner. I think it was yesterday who's out in Arizona. Uh, he's interested in hiring my marketing company for, for marketing. And I was so happy because he told me that they are reevaluating the whole business structure, everything, organizational chart, the whole bit. Um, and we're doing the same thing here. I think uh, we've been kind of always try to self-evaluate on a regular basis, but I think this issue with business and the, and the, the, I guess, pandemic, I don't like to use words like that, but um, has caused business owners to refocus and reevaluate what they're doing, which I think is great. I mean, I honestly think we should do that on a regular basis, but uh, I think sometimes we get so caught up in everything. This is kind of bringing everybody to the core of business and focus on what really matters. Because uh, I think as business owners, sometimes we get distracted with task lists and things that aren't as important. So in the grand scheme of things, if we can take something positive away from this, uh, the I've spoken to a lot of different uh, garage door dealers, people in the um, home service industry in general, and uh, even some tech companies. And people are really starting to see what they want to do with their business. And that includes an exit strategy, right? I mean, a lot of companies don't even know what they want to do uh, with their exit. Do they mm -hmm. want to keep it and just shut it down at the end? Do they want to pass it on to family members? Do they want to sell it? I think those are all great 
conversations to be having right now because, you know, the strategy to the end is different for each one. And you need to uh, be working in the process to getting to your exit strategy because we're not going to last forever. I mean, I'm 40. I would probably like to be out of the door game by the time I'm 50. Um, but I don't know what that looks like, honestly. I mean, it's just more or less trying to pave that path and, uh, and you know, decide whether or not I'm going to pass this down because my daughter's been uh, telling me she wants to run the company, but she's, what, 11? So you don't really know how that motivation is going to change between now and then. Uh, but you have great stories like Jim McGrath in our industry who passed it down to his daughter and, and that's gone well. And so you got to think, you know, holistically, you got to look inside and figure out what your goals are and, and what's the best route to take your business. Uh, I think Benny brought up a lot of good uh, suggestions. And so in the grand scheme of things, wrapping this thing up, Benny, uh, yes. what advice would you give to our listeners right now? It's Tuesday, almost 12 o'clock on, uh, on Tuesday here. They just opened up the um, PPP. If you haven't applied yet, is it too late? No, um, it's not too late. In fact, you should do it now. Uh, get your applications in, um, in the door, so to speak. Um, and again, many lenders have uh, very uh, easy to, um, you know, to, to accomplish online forms. Um, a simple Q&A uh, format for the, for the applications. So uh, get in touch with your local banks, uh, with the banks that you, you, you uh, deal with. Um, and there's um, uh, a list of banks, preferred lenders, SBA preferred lenders, that I'll provide to you, uh, Ryan. That you can um, uh, that you can distribute to you know to our friends. Uh, now there are there are also the non-traditional lenders that have been added uh, to the system. Um, yeah. And there's like PayPal, uh, who will now process uh, PPP loans. Also QuickBooks uh, slash. Yeah, uh, I got an email from Square Funding, mm -hmm. uh, which is the division of uh, Square, the credit card processing company. Right, and uh, I wanted to mention. Uh, uh, I had I'd wanted to mention it earlier, but uh, as a uh, as an improvement um, for this um, under this new release uh, of the uh, you know the stimulus uh, funds, you know sixty billion dollars um, uh, has been allocated to smaller lenders to be able to cater to the smaller businesses because that that was a, um, a hot button point in the in the first round that smaller businesses were not able to avail you know, of the, of the PPP and idle loans. So going forward, um, you can contact again, this non-traditional smaller lenders who have been given $60 billion to uh, uh, give out us loans. Again, consider the non-traditional um, uh, lenders like uh, PayPal. And I'm, uh, I'll try to draw up here very quickly uh, what are those? Um, uh, what are those you know, non-traditional lenders that have been added uh, to the you know, to the lending system? Um, forgive me, but I had this up earlier. Um, yeah, here we go. Yeah, PayPal, QuickBooks, Square, On Deck, uh, Funding Circle, Cabbage, Cabbage, uh, Blue Vine. Uh, credibly, 
then there's Fundera, Lendio, Brex, Fundbox, NAV, that's an NAV, SmartBiz, uh, Biz to Credit, uh, some uh, larger institutions, uh, but smaller than the Wells Fargo's of the world. You have Celtic Bank, Cross River Bank, Regis Bank, and Sunrise Bank. So again, there's, there are more uh, channels or platforms for small business to uh, avail of the uh, triple P you know, loans. So I would just be careful with some of those guys because a lot of them don't have the best reputation in my uh -huh. opinion. Um, and so I've uh, worked with other business owners and um, some of those companies on that list uh, haven't have, doesn't have the best customer service. Mm -hmm. uh, has some deceptive practices and things of that sort. So I would just say, if you're going to use one of those companies, uh, proceed with caution and just be alert. Um, right. I've got another question for you, Benny, before we jump off, because we're almost done. Uh, yes. Let's say in the event you did apply to three or four different places, let's say that the amount, let's say in my instance, right, we'll use me for an example. I've applied at uh, Synovus, Wells Fargo, and like one or two other places. Um, there was a place in uh, Fountainhead, which is uh, someone we had on the show, uh, mm -hmm. and there was like another I think a one or two that uh, Tisha in my office supplied for. So let's say that every single one of them has a different amount and they all push us through, right? Mm -hmm. We eventually are going to have some documents that we're going to sign, but I'm curious as to if, if three different places that we submitted applications to all submit our stuff to SBA for the closing documents or whatever. Yes. How did, how does SBA go about looking at everything and deciding or does that slow it down and cause confusion? Um, I'm just curious what the process is on that and, and how that would work out. Um, the um, applications are coursed uh, towards the ETRAN system of, of the SBA. Okay. So there's duplication. So if you have two or three or more applications coming in, it'll be first come, first serve. So the system, and I'm, I don't know the system in and out, but I'm, I'm, I think it's an informed, uh, you know, guess that this, the e-tran system, which is a digitized system, is going to kick out any um, subsequent applications. So the bank that will get uh, the application there first will will be the final loan. Uh, you know, will be the fin final lender. Okay. So, so as to your question, you know, if you have three, you know, if you put in your application to uh, to three establishments or institu lending institutions. Well, yeah, you, that's that's probably a, 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 a smart a smart approach because you know you're you're covering all your bases. But the first you know the first bank that they'll get the, the application through to the SBA system called ETRAN is going to be the final uh, you know loan. Okay. Well, Benny. Thank you so much. I think you've answered all the questions. I really appreciate uh, you coming on again. As always, uh, you're a great asset uh, to not only me, but uh, our, our industry, the home service industry for jumping on and always agreeing to do these. Uh, this actually uh, is our final episode of season two and uh, some exciting things that we have coming up for season three. 
we're going to be reaching out to um, companies like Genie, um, LiftMaster, all the door manufacturers, both residential, commercial, uh, door king uh, companies who distribute part, parts into our industry. Uh, we're going to be trying to interview high-level executives at these companies and sharing with you uh, some behind-the-scenes things that we may not know uh, from their perspective, uh, their output on the industry, or input on the industry, and where we're headed. So uh, really excited about getting those interviews scheduled and done for season three. And we're about to shift our focus to that this week and getting those scheduled. So I hope you guys tune in to season three, which we will start in May. Uh, we're finalizing all the agreements for our sponsorship and also uh, trying to get the uh, interview scheduled. Speaking of our sponsors, uh, we got Service Titan, who's done a phenomenal job through this time period, uh, helping their dealers out and rolling out a bunch of new products. We also have Surewinder, uh, who builds an amazing tool to help protect your shoulder. Uh, and then we have, that's a spring winding tool. And then we have Somer. And uh, Somer, I couldn't say enough great things about not just the customer service, but the product itself. Uh, they support it very well. Thank you guys uh, for sponsoring season two. And for uh, two out of those three, I've sponsored season one and two. Uh, we've had great success uh, by driving traffic and business to our sponsors. If you have an interest, reach out to us. We'd be glad to talk to you. And uh, other than that, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. I hope this information has helped you guys get through the, um, the uh, PPP and the idle loan a little bit smoother and help you guys understand the process that you have to go through. Uh, that's our goal is to educate and um, entertain. So if we're doing one or both of those, then I feel like we're doing a good job for our industry. If you guys have any suggestions on things that you would like to see for season two, or for, I'm sorry, for season three or four, let us know. Uh, we're, we're having conversations with people right now about season four as well. So if you have any questions, need anything, let us know. Again, Ryan, Torsion Talk Podcast. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Adrian, as always, my man, always making sure that the podcast works out. And uh, so we appreciate everybody who's participated. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our listeners. And enjoy the end of season two. Take care.